What's up, everybody? It's another episode of the Balls, Buckets, and Bowl podcast. It's good to be back in the U.S. of A. I got Ryan back for another NFL division breakdown. How you doing, man? Dude, it's good. Um, out here in uh, West Philadelphia, you know, first first time being here. Just moved out here, both to see us back in the United States in different places, you know. West Philadelphia, not born, not raised. So, all right, so we might have some new listeners. So for those of you who are wondering, you know, what is this? What's this pod about? If you want to listen to half an hour to an hour of sports commentary, get some fantasy football advice, and have some laughs along the way, well, then this is the podcast for you. So we got a ton of NFL to talk about, so let's start with breaking down another division. So next up is the AFC North, and we're going to talk about the Ravens first, who last year went 8-8. Eight and eight. They had first-round pick Marlon Humphrey, cornerback out of Alabama. They lose Dennis Pitta and Steve Smith in the offseason, but they had Jeremy Macklin, Brandon Carr, and Danny Woodhead. So let's start with the quarterback position. Joe Flacco, wacko for Flacco, throws for 4,317 yards last season, completes 64.9% of his passes. 20 touchdowns to 15 interceptions, finished 20th in QB scoring, and he only had three games with 19 points or more, so he's not likely a good option in any league. He has like kind of a low floor and not much of a ceiling for most matchups. If anything, he'll probably be used as a bi-week fill-in um, when he has like mat- good matchups like the Browns a couple times a year, so for me, it's a total stay away, but what do you think, Ryan? Um, my main thing about, uh, Flacco is, like, he was supposed to be Iron Joe Flacco. I mean, this guy, like, never got hurt. He got hurt last season. He's hurt right now. And, I mean, I, I watched Mallet play, and that was probably the most disgusting football I've ever seen. So, I mean, I, I don't know. He's starting to get injured. Is it, like, is it him getting older? I don't know what it is. But he's also not, like, a standout fantasy guy by himself anyways. I would probably stay clear. So let's talk about some uh, his receiving options. We got first up Jeremy Macklin, the new addition. New team. He had a rough year with a groin injury last year that kept him out. He should enjoy an offense that likes to throw. The, late, the Ravens were first in attempts last year and second in completions. Despite an offense that likes to throw, however, they don't score that much. They were 21st in points per game. You know, if, if Macklin can develop a decent connection with Flacco in the preseason and, you know, he can he can carve out him, uh, his him, he can carve out a role in this offense – I think he could be worth like a rate eighth round or deeper pick, depending on what the size of your league is. But what what are your thoughts, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, I really like this combo of like Mike Wallace and Jeremy Macklin. I think Mike Wallace can be that speedster over the top guy, and then Jeremy Macklin can kind of be that like really very good wide receiver two type of guy. And then you got Brashard Perryman out of the slot too. So that's, that's a lot of options. I think Macklin may actually see an uptick in production this year. Yeah, so let's talk about Mike Wallace. Last year, he used 72 receptions, over 1,000 yards, four four touchdowns. He was a leader in yards uh, for the team. He's the deep threat in the offense. And I, yeah, like you were saying, I think he'll be aided by the addition of Macklin, who could steal a little bit of the attention of the defense. I think he's a good rest, wide receiver to pick up in the later rounds uh, to be used like in flex situations for good, you know, good matchups. Like I said, the issue is, can this offense be efficient enough to score more than they did last year? I'd pick him up somewhere around wide receiver 50 or so, but what do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's kind of like a poor man's good receiving core. I mean, there are options here, but I don't I don't really trust him. I, I've been watching this team for a while, and I mean, they'll, they'll throw, but just nobody produces as much as like a lot of other receiving cores. So let's talk about the running game. Terrence West, 774 yards, four yards per carry last year, five touchdowns in the uh, running game. In the receiving game, 34 receptions, 236 yards, one touchdown. With Kenneth, with Kenneth Dixon serving a four-game suspension, and now he's out for the remainder of the season, it looks like, with the meniscus tear, he finished 23rd in running back scoring. And even with Dixon out, I he's still going to have to compete for a job. You know, you got Justin Forsett taking some carries. 
And if Danny Woodhead can come back healthy, he'll likely probably take over the passing down situation. And I really think this limits West's upside. Um, he'll still likely be a running back two slash flex option for most weeks if he can hold on to the starting role. But like I said, not too much upside there. Yeah, no, I, uh, I I think that taking away the receptions that Woodhead is going to take away from West is going to hurt him like huge. I mean, that's going to put him like barely in the flex for me. I don't think I'd be confident starting him at a running back two spot. All right, so my prediction for this team is about 7-9. and nine. I think this sluggish offense is going to struggle to compete with the firepower of, like, Pittsburgh, and I really just don't see them competing for a division title. So I think they missed the playoffs this year. What's your prediction, Ryan? Yeah, I could see 7-9. and nine. I, if, if Joe Flacco stays healthy, maybe this team can hit 8-8, eight and 9-7, eight, and seven, but I don't, I don't see any playoff bursts for this team. All right, so let's keep it going. Bengals, 6-9-1 last year. They had first-round pick John Ross, the speedster wide receiver out of Michigan. Let's talk about the quarterback, Andy Dalton, over 4,000 yards, 4,206 uh, 4, yards last year, completed 64.7% of his passes, 18 touchdowns to eight interceptions. You know, he has a good amount of weapons in this offense now. You got A.J. Green and Eifert back healthy right now, a speedy John Rosh who should blow the top off the defense, and Joe Mixon, which, you know, despite his off-the-field the, off uh, issues, you know, he still is a talented back. So this this offense should have plenty of talent. Dalton finished 12th in scoring which is which is a Q, which is a starting QB in many leagues, despite not having many of his primary options uh, for last year for most of those games. So, you know, if those players can stay healthy, it should be the most talent he's had in his entire career to play with. If if this offensive line can also keep him off his back and keep him from getting sacks, uh, it, you know, he could be an absolute steal at the quarterback position. Who's going like quarterback like seventeen, eighteen, uh, but he could definitely have a top ten season. So, what do you think, Ryan? Yeah, no, I I mean, the Red Rockets is going to come out this year. I mean, this is an exciting receiving core. Not only did you say A.J. Green and John Ross, but you also got Brandon LaFelder, who's not awful. And then you have Tyler Eifert, who's like more, like consistently one of the better tight ends. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a really fun offense to watch this year. So let's talk about the number one option, A.J. Green. 66 receptions, 964 yards, four touchdowns. He missed weeks 11 through 17 and still put up those numbers. Uh, he had a hamstring tear that caused him to miss, but he put up obviously put up massive numbers, scoring 30, three 30-point games in the first seven weeks. He has talent of like the one of the top wide receivers in this league, and if this offense can you know stay healthy like like the other weapons, he should be able to put up a lot of points behind the big three. You know Odell, um, Antonio Brown, Julio. He's definitely made the the case to be the clear uh, fourth best wide receiver in the league, and he couldn't even be better. I'd pick him around anywhere between four and six. Obviously, so have, uh, Mike Evans and Jordy there, but I'd pick him around four or five personally. So, what do you think, Ryan? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think I, he's in that top tier. I think it's the four of them just trying to fight over the spots, and like it just depends on the week. But they're all going to be good. AJ Green is an elite wide receiver, and he's he's going to produce for your team. Like, I mean, that's it. Yeah. So let's talk about their first round draft pick, John Ross. I think he's definitely going to be a provide a key weapon in the offense and forces the defense to cover the deep ball for fantasy. I just don't think, I don't think you're going to be able to trust him and he's kind of like going to be a Deshaun Jackson type and not even like a poor man's at, at the, uh, to start off with. Um, but you know, and I also think you could start behind veteran, more veteran receivers, like the ones you mentioned, Brandon LaFell on the outside and Tyler Boyd in the slot. So Definitely a key off key weapon in the offense, but not so much for the fantasy purposes. So let's talk about someone who is more relevant, such as Tyler Eifert. 
29 receptions, 394 yards, five touchdowns. He entered last season with an injured ankle that the poor guy suffered in the Pro Bowl, missed weeks one through six, and then suffered a back injury at the end of last season. His health is a huge question mark, but when he's on the field, he shows incredible usage in the red zone, scoring five times in the last eight games he's played in. He's obviously had huge upside at his position, but his health concerns are a huge issue that causes me to want to take safer players like Kyle Rudolph over him. So what do you think? Yeah, I mean, the health concerns are there. I mean, if you injure yourself in the Pro Bowl where people aren't even tackling each other, I mean, that's that's a big, big red flag. Um, I, mean, I really like the fantasy production if he can stay healthy, but, I mean, that's a big if there. Absolutely. So let's switch it up and talk about the running game. Joe Mixon, he's one of the most talented players in the draft that the Bengals select him in in the second round and look to honestly install him pretty quickly as the lead back. You know, you got Gio, Gio Bernard coming off the ACL tear. And the Bengals just really need a back to fill the role. With his talent and the potential for lots of scoring from this high-powered, high-talented offense, he could merit a high draft uh, status in many leagues. There's concern about uh, the return of Gio, Gio and Jeremy Hill keeping him, off the, keep, keep him in, uh, off the field as much. And there's also recent news that he, uh, he's had a uh, hurt foot, I believe. So, But, uh, you know, that could, that could keep him from being a no-brainer early pick, but definitely someone that you're going to pick up uh, early on in the running back. So what do you think? I don't know. This, this situation is pretty muddled. I mean, you do have Jeremy Hill and Gio, and they've been their backs for like they've been their boys for a while. I don't. I mean, I, I hope they do work Joe Mixon in. I like him a lot better than Jeremy Hill for sure. I don't. I haven't really seen him in the pass game as much. That's like Gio's forte as a scat back. But we'll see. I, I I think Joe Mixon should start over Jeremy Hill, but we'll see. So Gio Bernard obviously tore his ACL uh, week eleven, and he's likely going to miss a couple weeks in the beginning of the season. It looks like. You know, he's definitely a super late dart throw, you know, if you're in a deep league. But, uh, you know, if Mixon struggles with the passing downs and blitz pickups that rookies can often do, he could definitely still have his, his uh, normal role in, as a passing down back um, and uh, put up some PPR numbers if that's your league. So my prediction for this team for this season is about 10-6. and six. I think a kind of a slightly easier schedule and a revamped offense should make for a player playoff caliber team. So long as this offensive line can stay soft and be together. So what do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I would say 10 and 6. It's definitely going to come down to the Steelers and the Bengals. So it's going to be a really fun um, year this year watching the AFC North. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about the Steelers now. Last year they go 11 and 5. They win the division. They had first-round draft pick TJ Watt, often, uh, outside linebacker at Washington. Uh, they didn't really lose or add anybody of note. Uh, so let's talk about Big Ben. Last year, 3,819 yards, complete 64.4% of his passes, 29 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. You know, he has some question marks about his durability at this point, and, you know, honestly to the point where he even may retire earlier than most people would expect. Nevertheless, he's an elite option at the position when he plays at home. He averages 24.6 points a game in the games he plays in. His road games are a far different story, averaging only 13 points a game. I believe this was last year. So with one of the best wide receivers in the game to throw to, obviously in Antonio Brown, and a running back equally as effective, he has plenty of offense and weapons in this offense. He's definitely going to win you some weeks as your quarterback, but I would be aware of the massive downside that he presents in the away games. I would probably pick him up around quarterback 10 or so, but there's definitely a big warning that comes that you're going to need another quarterback at some point to fill in. So what are your thoughts, Ryan? Yeah, I, I wouldn't 
be too comfortable with uh, Big Ben as my uh, QB1. Um, he has he has a lot of options to throw to in this offense, and then he has Bell in the backfield. I mean, the potential is there, but like you said, if he goes down, then we have to depend on Landry Jones to one, run this offense, and I just don't want to watch that. Yeah, no kidding. So let's talk about Anto- A.B. Antonio Brown. Last year, 106 receptions, 1,284 yards, 12 touchdowns. He led the team in receiving and led the league in fantasy points. He's obviously a slam dunk stud to draft in a great offense. Really, the only issue is if Big Ben can stay healthy because he's shown that his production can significantly drop if Big Ben isn't throwing to him. You know, he should be the first wide receiver off the board and honestly the third or fourth pick in all formats, especially with Zeke uh, having suspension issues now. So, what yeah, do you think? no, absolutely. I mean, like if you're if you're taking Antonio Brown, you, you can't really go wrong. I mean, th- that's about it. Completely agree. So let's keep it going. Martavis Bryant needs to stay off the weed. Had to go to rehab, but looked determined to get back on the field and stay there. He has great size and speed to complement AB in the receiving game. Uh, This offense is going to score a lot of points, and he could definitely be a nice down-the-field target for Big Ben to throw in the red zone. He may slip in drafts if people forget how talented he is. So I pick him around wide receiver 27 to 30 or so. There's uh, there's definitely a lot of optimism that he won't miss any more games. It looks like none of the upper management or his uh, agent or anything are preparing, or, or seem that they that they are worried about any further suspension. So, what do you think about uh, Martavis Bryant? Uh, yeah, I mean, I love Martavis Bryant. I drafted him pretty much every league that I had him last year and I just held on to him because the production would come he can be a stud he has the potential and yeah he has to lay off the weed I mean I think his best thing to happen to him if he got traded to like a like a Denver or Seattle where he could do that you know but um if he got if he got kicked off or if any issues came up I mean there's still a lot behind him he got like Sammy Coates which we still don't know what he is then there's uh Darius Hayward Bay who I mean He's been in the league a while, but every now and then he'll put up numbers. So, yeah. So let's talk about the running game. Le'Veon Bell, one thousand two hundred sixty-eight yards last year, almost five yards a carry, seven touchdowns in the running game. In the receiving game, equally as lethal, seventy-five receptions, six hundred sixteen yards, two touchdowns. He was actually second in yards on the team. You know, despite a suspension that cost him the first three games of the season, he still finished third in scoring. He's an all-around elite black for every down. He's an absolute stud. Really, the only question is how high should he be drafted? And pretty much, you know, now that Zeke's been suspended, it's only do you draft him first or do you draft him second? Um, you know, Bell looks like he has a little bit tougher of a schedule but in the running game, but we've seen that in the games where he does struggle to run the ball, they, they just throw put him on the outside as a receiver and he can still shred. So you can honestly make a case either way for DJ or Bell. I personally want to go uh, DJ right now over him, but – you know, what do you think, Ryan? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it's a toss-up between Le'Veon and uh, David Johnson. But, I mean, I just think Le'Veon has the job security. I mean, the only person behind him is James Conner, who they drafted, and then Nile Davis. So uh, there's a little less competition there. Um, it's, it's just if they're, they're cold-weather games, I think, will affect his performance a lot. Uh, you were talking about uh, the away games for, like, Big Ben. I think they're going to have to depend on Le'Veon Bell. And whenever you're running the ball, like, 30, 40 times whenever you're playing in Cleveland in mid-November. Like, it's... I think he's going to get the carries. Absolutely. So, my prediction for this team kind of comes with an asterisk. I think they go 10-6, and six, but if Big Ben can stay healthy for all 16 games, then I think they can go 11-5. and five. This team should definitely win the division and off the high-powered offense. 
and they could also potentially earn a buy if things break their way. So what what is your prediction for the Steelers season? Oh, seasons? yeah, this all hinges on Big Ben's like potential health. But if he can stay healthy and all the off-field issues remain off the field, then I think this team can potentially challenge for an AFC title. <laughs> Definitely. So let's go ahead and talk about the uh, kind of the bad stain in this division, the Browns. Last year they go 1-15, get the first-round pick, Miles Garrett. Um at a defensive end out of A&M. They got a ton of first-round draft picks also. They also get Jabril Pepper, safety out of Michigan. They add David Noku, Joku, Joku, tight end, Miami, Florida. They also add Kenny Britt and Brock Osweiler. Uh, they lose Gary Barnage, Josh McCown, RG3, Terrell Pryor. Kind of kind of cleared house, cleared house there for a little bit, it seemed like. so. As far as the quarterback position goes, there's definitely a ba- battle between Cody Kessler and Deshaun Kaiser for the starting job. Doesn't look like Osweiler's going to be the starter, um, but Deshaun Kaiser really kind of shelled out and looked really nice in his first preseason game. So, but either way that you know this shakes out, it doesn't look like you're going to use any of these guys in uh, fantasy here. But what are your thoughts? Uh, I mean. The Browns got to give it to Kaiser. He looks so good in that game. And, I mean, they're not going to be fantasy relevant, but at least this gives the city something to kind of hope for. I think Deshaun, like, in the future could maybe become relevant. But, hey, I mean, I'd rather watch him than the Brock Lobster, Cody Kessler. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about a couple of receiving options. Kenny Britt, um, obviously, set, he set career highs in targets, receptions, and yards last year with the Rams. Now with the Browns, he replaces, obviously, Terrell Pryor as the likely number one receiver. And this team is missing its top two receivers uh, from last year in Terrell Pryor and Gary Barnage, so in terms of targets and yards. So the Browns actually, believe it or not, scored 40 more points than the Rams last year. So this actually should be a pretty decent upgrade in terms of offensive production for, for Kenny Britt. So lots of volume, which I think would make for some good weeks, but... Like, you know, even though they scored 41 points, they were second to last in scoring. So uh, I think that kind of limits his ceiling for, you know, he's not really a sexy pick. But what do you think, Ryan? Yeah, no, I mean, if you're going to draft Corey Coleman or Kenny Britt out of this team, you're you're hoping that the Browns are down because they're going to have to just throw it up and they're going to have to get garbage time points. Like, that, that's the only way you're going to, like, get anything out of this offense. But, I mean, I, I wouldn't trust it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely kind of like a Jags kind of situation. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about the Corey Coleman. 33 receptions last year, 413 yards, three touchdowns. Last year, he was definitely a potential sleeper, you know, pick late in drafts. Um, he broke his hand after week two last year and he missed six games. He's definitely used as a deep threat. His uh, a- average depth of target, otherwise known as a dot, is 13.6 yards. You know, what's 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 pretty interesting about that is he only caught 33 passes out of 74 targets, which is Pretty ridiculous. Um, likely another late round flyer to draft. Uh, just hoping maybe he can bounce back and uh, stay healthy. And definitely, hopefully, the quarterback situation is a little bit better. But you're likely, you know, not going to be using him for a, a while. So let's talk about the running game. Unless you have any thoughts on Coleman, Ryan? No, not really. I mean, I would just depend on who his quarterback is. If it's if it's going to be like Osweiler or Kessler, I'd probably not draft him because i don't think they have the arm strength to get it down the field i think kaiser may but again his like reception rate was just atrocious yeah so my prediction for this team obviously three and i think they're gonna go three and 13 or so um i think it's another bad season but you know they're they're starting to really accumulate a lot of young high draft picks and honestly i think they're about one star quarterback away from really flipping their fortunes um you know there's gonna be interesting for them at some point 
Yeah, no, I don't want to step on your toes, but what about uh, the powerhouses of Isaiah Crowell and Duke Johnson? Oh, well, yeah, I almost totally forgot about the running game. Sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, running game. Isaiah Crowell, 952 yards, 4.8 yards per carry, eight touchdowns, 40 receptions, 319 yards. Um, finished 14th in running back scoring last year, even in an absolute tank of a season. So I don't think there's that much upside, uh, like, you know, same reason as uh, the rest of these guys, because I just don't see this offense being able to sustain drives and score. But they do have a good offensive line, and they're fourth in yards created before contact. So I think he's a decent RB2 option that could, you know, he's going to probably come at a, like a lower price. So, you know, if you're kind of wanting to wait at running back a little bit and you just need a guy who's going to start, um, he's definitely a good option. Yeah, depending on the week, I'd probably put him in as a pretty solid flex. Um, I don't I don't know if I trust the production and the offense to slot him into an RB2, but yeah. Yeah, I guess it kind of depends on the size of your league. I was thinking more for like bigger leagues, but yeah, totally agree. Yeah. All right, so let's. That's about. That's it for the AFC North. So we're now we're going to talk about uh, injuries and other important NFL stories right now coming out of uh, coming out of the preseason. So obviously, the, one of the bigger ones, Ryan Tannehill injures his knee in a non-contact in- incident. Uh, Tours ACL. He's got certain hit surgeries done for the year. So the Dolphins, obviously, they signed Jay Cutler to a one-year deal worth $10 million. Uh, obviously, Cutler worked with Adam Gase in, uh, Gase in 2015, so he should be somewhat familiar with what he calls. But, uh, you know, I don't think this really moves the needle on the team or any of the players, like, anywhere in fantasy. I mean, you know, he's he's not – Cutler is a kind of like a see-it-throw-it quarterback. I don't – you know, I just don't see him really improving this offense in any uh, considerable way. The really thing is that it's definitely a missed opportunity for Colin Kaepernick, who is still without a job. Um, but uh, what do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, this this was a huge blow to the Dolphins. This and the Sammy Watkins trade, the Patriots are going to win the division by six games. It's going to be a ridiculous slaughter. Um, I don't I don't really know if Jay Cutler, if his mindset is even into it. Like in his press conference, he was talking about, oh, well, I haven't played in a while, but, you know, quarterbacks don't have to be that athletic, which is like kind of ridiculous to say. I mean, I don't I don't think that he cares enough about this sport to be good. And I just feel bad for the Dolphins. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that Sammy Watkins trade in a little bit. But some other injuries, uh, Jordan Reed, his toe flared up after like a stem cell treatment a little while back. So definitely keep an eye on that. I don't think it's a big deal, but it's, you know, you, everyone knows his uh, injury history. Um, another fu- another player, Will Fuller, he got broken collarbone out two to three months. This is actually a pretty big deal. I honestly think he's pretty much nearly undraftable at this point, depending on like if you have IR rules and if you're like, a really deep uh, league. But that really kind of sucks. A lot of people are looking forward to drafting him and seeing him uh, break out again or break out this season. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey had a shoulder injury in practice. Uh, uh, Matt Forte injured his hamstring. Sterling Shepard, he had an ankle sprain and it looked really scary, but it looks like he's going to be fine. Uh, some good news uh, for the Giants. Your uh, your poor Jets, Quincy and Nunwa, he's put on IR with a neck injury. So sad to see your, your number one wide receiver go and – Honestly, man, I don't know who the heck is left at, at this point. What, what are you, you talking got... about? We have potential Pro Bowler Lucky Whitehead slotted. <laughs> so I remember him with the Cowboys. Far. We're going far. Yeah, yeah. You also got Robbie Anderson, who maybe might be the only one left too. So let's talk about that Sammy Watkins trade. So he goes to the Rams. The Bills acquired Jordan J. Matt. 
Um, honestly, I think Watkins' value, if he, you know, he had like decent value with the Bills, I think it's pretty much completely gone now. Um, and I also think this really hurts Tyrod Taylor. Uh, he that was like his really one good receiver that, you know, he that he had like all star talent at least. Um, so what do you think about that trade, Ryan? Yeah, no, that just blows. I mean, we we are giving Goff some weapons here. But I mean, he looked a little. He looked good in his first preseason game back against the Cowboys. It was a very limited sample size, but this totally kills his value. I, I wouldn't say that he's undraftable, but he definitely fell way, way down my rankings. Yeah, totally agree. So let's talk about the big, big story that just came out. So, you know, I said I was in my last episode. I said I should start doing it, so I might as well. On this week's episode of Cowboys Players Suspend Another Week, Zeke Elliott suspended six games for violating personal conduct policy. This comes from an investigation that happened well over a year ago from his ex, ex-girlfriend who accused him of domestic violence. I looked a little into it. The district attorney's office in Columbus, where the case was filed, uh, they wouldn't file the charges because the, the reports were pretty conflicting and they didn't have uh, they had inconsistent information. Obviously, Zeke's expected to appeal. Um, I think, uh, I think it might be reduced a couple games, but it's definitely a massive, obviously a massive blow to the Cowboys and a, a massive blow to Zeke's fantasy value. No, absolutely. I, I think they may drop it to maybe four or five games, but I think the league really wants to come down hard on this. We, we've just seen it and people are just kind of over it. They kind of want to nip it in the bud. And I, I think he may be the fall guy for this. Yeah, I agree about I would agree that it would probably come down a couple games, but another developing uh story or at least not developing, but it's that apparently the NFL is now also looking into the bar uh, fight incident that he got into a couple weeks back. Um so if if they 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 his suspension might come down, but he might get another one on top of that for like a, you know, conduct detrimental league sort of suspension. For that, so this just is not a good situation. I would not want to be drafting right now. Uh, there's just really no clarity to, uh, to know what's gonna go, what's gonna happen. Uh, you know, the games that Zeke misses, they, the Cowboys play the Giants, they play at Broncos, they play at Cardinals, Rams, Packers, by then 49ers. You know, I honestly, I'm not sure if the Cowboys can beat the Giants now without Zeke. Um, you know. Then the card, like the the Bronco at at Denver is going to be a tough challenge. Uh, at Cardinals is going to be a decently tough challenge because they still have a good defense, I believe. Um, the Packers, obviously, they're always going to be tough with Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, I think this really hurts uh, this, the Cowboys' chances of making uh, winning the the division title. Um, so, what do you think, Ryan? Just in terms of what this does to the Cowboys? I mean, this this is big, especially if he doesn't get his suspension reduced, because right now he wouldn't even come back until week eight. That's half a season. That is a lot of production you're losing from like one of the best new players that we've ever seen in this league. I, I it's going to be hard to come back. Um, we saw last year with uh, Le'Veon Bell. Um, production was still there. I don't know if Darren McFadden can do it. Maybe Alfred Morris is still in the mix. I, I just, I just don't see the Cowboys succeeding this year without Zeke. Yeah, uh, Garrison asked on Twitter, "Do you think that McFadden, uh, Alfred, Alf Morris, and Ronnie Hillman can hold down the fort until Zeke is back?" Um, you know, Morris is at this point is just really a slow uh, kind of brunt force runner um I, he's really he, i think he's like third string now he's been uh pretty much demoted at this point i don't even think the cowboys are really going to use him 
Um, I think McFadden can be okay. Uh, he's you know he's he's definitely a decent back. I think the Cowboys can like they're they're not going to just totally go down the drain with this uh, news, but um, you know because this offensive line is still good. But you know Zeke, it was an insane talent, insane speed, good uh, good vision, powerful. You know, and you just you just obviously you don't replace the first round pick like that. Uh, with Darren McFadden, so I think I think yeah they can, you know it depends what you mean by hold down the fort, but I think we'll be okay. But I think like I said, like me and Ryan just talked about, I think this significantly hurts our chances of making the our the Cowboys' chances of making the playoffs. So yeah, I think that's about it for injuries. Anything else you want to add, Ryan? Yeah, with the Ezekiel thing, I think um I mean if I'm a defensive coordinator playing the Cowboys, I think I'm really gonna try to challenge the run game really try to test Prescott's arm um he, he is still like a fairly new quarterback so I mean I would probably try to put him in like high pressure situations and if Zeke is out I just feel like this offense isn't going to be as good as it was last year yeah that's you know that's a good point right so like you know everyone's trying to waiting to see if Dak can repeat the success that he had last year and if you know like I've been saying this this defense is going to be horrible I believe and they need to be able to put up a lot of points and when you drop Zeke and now you add in Derek McFadden that significantly hurts our ability to score the points that we need to win up to be able to win these games so and I think I also agree with that it's going to put a lot more pressure on Dak to be able to throw the ball and keep these drives moving so you know this is this is pretty huge uh, obviously you know Derek uh, Jerry, uh, Jerry Jones was furious with the decision decision uh, so we're going to have to see what happens with the appeal. Uh, I would not draft right now, though. That's for sure. So I think that's about it with NF- or as far as the NFL. So I have an ex- we have an exciting announcement. We are starting an Eliminator Challenge for the NFL season uh, for the listeners of the pod. The Eliminator Challenge is pretty simple. All you do is you pick a team to win a game each week of the season. The only rule is that you cannot pick the same team twice in the season. In order to join the listener group, simply search for ESPN Eliminator Challenge on Google or whatever platform. Enter the group name and password. Each week, I will have a guest with me, and we will decide on the pod which team we will choose for the Eliminator um, that week. So, And we'll compete against the listeners. Should be a lot of fun. The group name is the BBB Podcast, and the password is Baloney1. What do you think about this exciting announcement, Ryan? I, I really like it. Um, if you're ever stuck... I have some advice. Just pick whoever is playing the Jets if you haven't picked them yet, and you probably <laughs> will win that week. Yeah, between the Jets and the Browns, you're probably good to go as long as uh, they don't, you know, you haven't like overpicked one. But all right, so let's get into uh, listener questions. Another one from Gary. He asked, uh, hearing a lot of hype about Crowell for the Browns, do you buy it and should he be sought after as a fantasy player as a running back too? We kind of talked about this. I think, you know, depend really depends on your league size, right? Um, obviously, he's not going to have a ton of upside just because I don't see the Browns scoring that many points this year. So he's not going to get a lot of touchdowns or, you know, that which really impacts your fantasy value. But if you're in a if you're in a big if you're in a big league, I think he could be a running back to like 16 team league and, you know, further um, 12 teams, prob- 12, 10 and 12 teams. He's probably more of a flex option. But what do you think about Crowell? Uh, uh, as a running back too, right? I mean, I think the production is going to be there. Is it going to be good production? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think this guy is ever going to break out. You're never going to get a 20-point game from this guy, but maybe seven to nine points a week. Yeah, I could see that too. 
All right, so I think that's about it with the NFL talk. Let's get into the bullshit. So, Ryan, let's uh, hear your cheap beer of the week. Oh, well, since I just moved to Pennsylvania, um, it's called Lion's Head. On uh, on this beer advocacy website, it has a 6% out of 10 uh, – out of 100 rating, sorry. And it is pretty awesome. It's probably the cheapest beer that you can buy. You can – it's like production. It's like a dollar for a bottle like in a grocery store. It's not bad. Um, it tastes like piss and it's not very good. But if you drink enough of it, I think it will get you there. I like it. That's always my favorite. Uh, so let's get into the main topic of the bullshit. So – Ryan, I'm going to give you your all the time in the world. This week's topic, the celebrity we would fight. Ryan, take it away. Uh, this this is an easy one. It's Hugh Jackman. I hate that guy. I saw him at a play one time in New York. It's called The River. It was a small like 20-person theater. Taylor Swift was in the audience. and I talked to my mom before. I was like, you know, I'm like a pretty big guy. I think I could take him. I know he's Wolverine, but I, I think I could beat the shit out of him. My mom's like, no way. There's no way you can do it. And then since it was such a small theater, Hugh Jackman comes up to like every single person. He's like, hey, thanks for coming out, all that. Comes up to me, I shake his hand, and I'm like, just so you know, I would beat the fuck out of you. And Hugh Jackman just looks at me and laughs and just walks away. So if I ever see that guy in the street, I am going to beat him down. And if he listens to this podcast, please come find me. I would love to see that. <laughs> when we had this topic, uh, you know what's funny is uh, we were, I was thinking about this topic, and on my way on my flight back uh, home, I was watching Fight Club, the movie. And in the movie, they actually do talk about this. And uh, the guy says William Shatner. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go use that as my answer. I would fight William Shatner for the celebrity just solely because of how he talks. He talks like a a, a freaking lunatic. I don't know. So. All right, I think that's about it. Ryan, anything else you want to add a bow to this podcast? Anything else you want to talk about? No, no, except uh, I want to hear that story that you won't tell anybody about Thailand. But I guess it's going to be for another time. <laughs> oh, we're not going there. All right, folks. Uh, this has been another fun episode of the Balls, Buckets, and Bull podcast. Follow us on the iTunes at the BBB podcast on Twitter at the BBB pod. Go ahead and slap a five-star rating on iTunes for this podcast. For Ryan, I am Joey. See you later, folks.